Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Kansas City, it's Justin Reed. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. I can't think of a more perfect person to join us in studio to talk about this than former All-Pro right tackle Mitchell Shorts. So I don't know if you saw the tweet or not, Mitch, but Chiefs Pro Bowl right guard, or left guard, excuse me, Joe Tooney, will not practice today due to his pec injury and, in the words of one source, is unlikely to play on Sunday against the Ravens. But as another source says, quote, he is going to work like crazy to play. That is from Adam Schefter of ESPN. If Joe Tooney can't play in the AFC Championship game, how big of a loss is that for Kansas City? I think it's a decent loss. I mean, I am a big Nick Allegretti fan. I think he has played good ball every time he's come in the last couple of years. He's filled in really admirably. If you, you know, watch that last run that we sealed the game with, uh, you know, he notices that three tech is spiking. He takes good footwork. He's able to, you know, kind of wrench him further inside than he wants to go, which is a, a tenant of the offensive line. If a guy's trying to go somewhere, you know, make him go further than he wants to go. And I think the biggest thing coming out of last week is Tooney came out. We kind of saw, oh, chest injury. We're not sure what's going on. 
And then you didn't necessarily even know he was out of the game. Nick never got mentioned. No one ever spotlighted him. The O-line kept producing at a really good level. So uh, I think the competency is there. It's just Tooney is an all-pro, you know, one of the best left guards, if not the best left guard in the NFL. And so you're going to have a bit of a downgrade when you uh, get that guy out of the position. But I, I do like Nick a lot. I think he's got a good mentality, good physicality, and he should slot in there pretty nicely. And you know, as a guard, it's nice when you've got really good guys next to you, too. So you got Creed on one side, you got Donovan on the other, and uh, you're slotting into a good spot. That was my argument that you could sort of work around it. The Toonies, their best offensive lineman. But you, I think you could work around not having him for this individual game. So we asked the question, if you could press the button and make one of the two players healthy, would you push it for Willie Gay or would you push it for Joe Tooney? I think Willie Gay is more important in this individual matchup because of who you're going up against on the other side than Tooney is for this one game. So I think it depends on how much your plan revolves around spying Lamar. Now, Lamar's interesting because everyone associates him with being a running quarterback. He is actually exceptional in the pocket and doesn't really run to break contain and to run the ball nearly as much as people think, and especially not as much as he did his first couple years. So he is more of a pocket passer than he is you know, a guy who breaks contain. I think Allen's a guy who actually breaks contain more than, than um, Lamar does. And so – is the plan going to be to either rush three and spy Willie, rush four and spy Willie, or have him part of the general third down package of what you want to do? Or is it going to be, you know, we're just going to kind of play traditional defense. We're going to, you know, run our blitzes, try to pick apart their protections. And when we rush four, we're going to be really good about being gap sound. You know, we saw a couple times where guys were making inside moves last week and Allen was able to break contain and there wasn't the spy. So maybe, you know, they just tried to get inside when they shouldn't have. So if Willie's a big part of that, and if he's the guy who's going to spy Lamar and be able to shut that part of Baltimore's offense down, then I think you take him. But if that's not the case, I think you take Tooney because the Ravens have really good players individually, uh, especially on the defensive line. I mean, the outside guys are older and Van Noy and uh, Clowney and both have an almost career years. Uh, Clowney is a rusher for sure. Then you got you know Matabuike in the middle there who's a really good player. But they do so much crazy stuff with those linebackers and the blitz packages and They'll blitz a linebacker from one side. You know, you're a left guard. You're going against, say, a Chris Jones. And the linebacker who's lined up over the right guard blitzes across the formation and tries to pick your right shoulder as you're blocking your three technique. And then the Chris Jones guy loops over the top, and you have to, like, switch it off with a running back. And they can do that because they're so fast, and they're so well-coached. And the awareness, I think where a guy like Tooney is going to be the most missed is the awareness and the ability to play with all the other guys and to – Notice, you know, either at the snap, right before the snap, while the play's happening, oh, this thing's happening and I need to go make a play somewhere else or I'm needed in this other spot. And that's, I think, where you would like to have a guy like Tooney when you're facing a defense that is as multiple as they are uh, in their blitz packages on third downs and their, in their rush patterns. And if Baltimore is able to force us into those third down, um, you know, passing situations more than – Uh, the last couple teams we've played have, then I think you do want a guy like Tooney. So we had Mitch Holtis on the show on Monday, and I asked him, hey, what are you seeing on film from the Ravens? And he said, I see a team that doesn't have any weaknesses. When you've watched the Ravens so far this year, what have you seen from them? Where are they exceptionally strong at? Where do you think there's a possibility that Kansas City can exploit? I mean, he's right, and you look at the advanced data, they're one of the best and most complete teams of all time, at least in terms of the DVOA stuff if you're looking at it. And so 
you know, you look at special teams, like we've got an exceptional kicker. They probably have the one guy who you could argue is better. Um, and their special teams in general has been, you know, exceptional this year. Uh, you look at quarterback, obviously, we're, we've got the best situation, but you look at the entire package of the offense and, you know, what Zay Flowers has done and what Odell's kind of brought them, if Andrews is back or not, what Lamar as a player can do schematically, what uh, Munkin has brought to that offense in terms of the ability to go three wides and kind of air it out. And now the offense is as, as complete as it's ever been, and they can still bring Ricard in at fullback or tight end. They can still do the power run stuff. They can still do the option stuff, the read stuff. But now they can throw the ball, you know, more traditionally back to the way Lamar used to in college under Petrino. So the offense is really well-rounded. It's been an O-line. Weirdly, I don't know if, you know, guys are still getting hurt or nicked up or they just like to rotate, but they've got guys rotating through, especially the tackle position. Every now and again, Ronnie Stanley comes out, Makari comes in. You know, then Morgan Moses comes out for a second or two. And Morgan Moses, right tackle, he's been unreal as a puller in space on toss plays, especially to the front side. So that's one to watch if he gets in space on our guys. And then all that being said, I think the best part of their team is the defense. And they're good on every level. You know, Kyle Hamilton's that kind of Swiss Army knife in the back end that, you know, as Chiefs, we've been hearing about Derwin for five years. And I think Kyle Hamilton is actually the guy who's what people thought Derwin was going to be. Um, the two linebackers are the best pair of linebackers in the NFL for this season. The defensive line, they all have their roles. And so they're they're good individually at all the spots. And then they play better as a unit than even the individual pieces because the coordinator's fantastic. They can scheme it up, you know, probably this side of Spags as good as anybody in the NFL. So you're adding all those things together. Great players, smart players, aware players, great scheme, the ability to scout you know, all those things. And you're able to do that on all three in all three phases. And it just makes for a really formidable team. A lot was made about Todd Monk and taking over as the offensive coordinator for Baltimore. What have you seen different in their offense now that they've added a couple more weapons? They went out, they drafted Zay Flowers, who I think has a chance to be a star in the league. I thought he had a really good rookie season and with the change that they made it at the OC. Well, it's just, a, it's like a completely different offense. They still have the physicality of what they can do. Like I was saying in the run game with Ricard, and, you know, with the big physical O-line was Zeitler, right guard. He's a dude who lifts like 18 times a week. He's so strong. And they, they can do all that stuff. You know, Lamar is the runner. They can they can do that. But to open up, I think that was from the outside the thing that we always said, similar to what kind of the knock on San Francisco is, if Baltimore gets behind, can Lamar as the passer be a guy who leads comebacks and can he operate from a you know, quote-unquote traditional uh, pocket and, and do all the things that a Peyton Manning would do. And now the offense features more of that earlier in drives, in possessions across the whole game. So they don't get into those third downs as much because they're not running the ball as much. They're able to throw it a lot more. And again, Lamar has always been good at this. You know, he got incorrectly labeled as, well, Polian labeled him as a wide receiver, but incorrectly labeled as a guy who likes to run that also can throw the ball a little. He's always been a good thrower. He played in the most pro-style offense in, in college, and so um, now they're just combining his throwing strengths with all the other things that he can bring to the table in terms of the run game, and it's just a really well-rounded and really well-balanced offense, and you know, 
this week it's not going to be as fun to watch, but throughout the course of the season, it's been fun to watch. Right now we're talking to all-pro right tackle Mitchell Schwartz joining us in studio. Someone found whenever Mahomes was on the Manning cast, and he talked about the difficulty of playing at Baltimore and that they had to go to a silent count. Last week we saw that Houston had six offensive line penalties. What is it about that place? What is it about that building that makes things difficult for offensive lines? I mean, you should be going on silent count <laughs> whatever road stadium you're going to unless – you're going to L.A. And, and the fans are just, you know, kind of terrible. So you are going silent anywhere. I don't think Baltimore is going to be louder or more hostile than Buffalo was, especially these last few days, seeing what all the players have been saying about how they've been treated on the sidelines. So they're not going to have throw ball, snowballs being thrown at them. Did anybody ever hit you with a snowball when you were playing? No, we never really played in like a true snow game like that. And we never played in a stadium where it snowed enough that there was still snow in, in the stands. Um, so... I don't think it's going to be like a more hostile environment. And that was one of the things I was talking about before this Buffalo game. We have been a team that's been slow to get the play calls in, been slow to get to the line of scrimmage. Offensive tackles are jumping off sides. Guys aren't understanding where they're supposed to be aligned. That was my kind of big key for is the offense staying in rhythm and is the tempo good and not one procedural issue. I mean, we took one timeout. But aside from that, not one procedural issue in Buffalo in this huge game and so I don't think there's going to be an issue uh, with how the team responds going to Baltimore. I think it's going to be a similar level of craziness. It's going to be an awesome environment to play football. It's a really fun stadium to play in. I mean, they kind of play into the whole Ravens theme and, and the darkness, and they turn the lights off when they get introduced and, um, you know, kind of makes you remember Ray Lewis coming out in the tunnel and all that. So really fun place to play, really cool place to play. It's going to be rocking, as it should be for the championship game. Right now, we're joined uh, in studio by Mitchell Schwartz. You and I are around the same age. You grew up in the Bay Area, so you heard all the stories about Rice and Montana and how great, you know, they were. How cool is it that Mahomes and Kelsey have more postseason touchdowns than they did? It's pretty incredible. Um, I grew up in L.A. My dad grew up an hour north of the Bay Area, so we were actually San Francisco 49ers fans. Um so not, not, I mean, I don't really have like a rooting interest aside from the Chiefs, but my dad was always a Niners fan. So the Super Bowl that I played in was pretty cool for him to see like his home, his favorite team against the team his son was playing for. So yeah, I mean, growing up, I was born in 89, so I didn't remember much or didn't catch much of the Montana era, but, you know, Steve Young and Rice and, and T.O. and Jeff Garcia. And it is crazy when you just look at history, like all the Jerry Rice stats, if you take, you know, from age 34 to 44, he's like almost as productive as every other receiver is their entire career. And, you know, Kelsey and Pat have been able to do that in five years and two games. It's it's just wild because, again, this gets back to the magic of Pat, the six straight AFC Championship game appearances in six years as a starter and just how successful he's been as a quarterback. And then obviously Travis has been the number one sidekick. And you know, anytime you're you're beating records of Rice, you're beating, you know, a Brady and Gronk record when they played nine or ten years together and had all those playoff runs. Um, it really puts in perspective how special it is that they're doing this together in only five and a half years. How big how how important do you think the bye week was, the pseudo bye that they had at the end of the season where Kelsey didn't play, Mahomes didn't play, Pacheco didn't play, and you got that rest because I'm not sure if you get that version of Travis Kelsey if the Chiefs have to go play week eighteen and all like I it, it of all the players on the team, it feels like Kelsey got the biggest benefit of being able to get that rest so late in the season. Yeah, it does seem to have played a, a big role. And you look at you know playoff success and when it used to be two by teams, now it's one by team. 
obviously the teams that get the bye are the better teams, so they're more likely to win the games anyway. But that that always has historically been pretty important for the playoffs. So Travis does seem to have bounced back the best. I mean, Snead was one too. He was questionable that week before in, in week 17. I think it was against Cincy. I don't think he even practiced all week and still played. Most guys under Andy Reid, if you don't practice during the week in some capacity, you're not playing the game. And he was able to push through and and, and play. Um, as you said, Pacheco, who's, <laughs> I mean, there's no way every single game he doesn't feel terrible with how physical he runs. So, yeah, guys were able to bounce back nicely. And, you know, I think Trav does look a little more spry, a little more juice. It also could just be playoff time. And this team is kind of showing us maybe a little bit of a version of what we've seen with the Golden State Warriors where – they had that incredible, you know, 72 game season, didn't make it, signed Durant, still prioritized the regular season, but everything was eyes on the playoffs. And it's, you know, Kerr talked about it a few times that it's mentally draining to have to perform at that high of a level every single time, especially when everyone's coming for you. So I think maybe a new reality in Kansas City is just it's hard to take everyone's best shot for 17 games and 18 weeks every single time and perform at you know, the playoff level that we're used to. This is a team now that's showing that they maybe can turn it up just a little bit come playoff time. There seems like there's like a lot of cool things, like the perks that come with playing in the NFL. But like one of the cool things is they showed after the game and they're Pat's like addressing the team and he says, hey, Buffalo asked for this. They wanted it. They got it. Like that moment of where it's just all of you in the locker room and you guys just went on the road and accomplished something. What is it like to be in the locker room for one of those moments? That's the thing everybody misses when you stop playing. You can't replicate that, you know, anywhere else in your life. And so there's just that kind of shared feeling of accomplishment that you just did something, you know, in that particular moment, you know, kind of giving it back to Buffalo after, you know, I don't know if you want to call it a rivalry, but just what's been building over the last four years with that team, with the way the fans were and the way uh, they were treated in the stadium. It's just a, it's a really cool moment. It's, you know, I remember certain things about the Super Bowl and it's, being on the bus right after the game and being on the plane after the game or flying back the next day, you know, remember about the AFC championship game you know, walking around the field and then what it was like in the locker room. So a lot of the times when you look back and remember, you know, how was this as a player, you're remembering those shared times of, <laughs> of joy together and it's the plane rides back, the bus rides back, those locker room moments. And those are the things that really just can't re- be replicated in other parts of life. What is it like to grow up, you know, watching the Super Bowl and watching championship weekend and then going into the week knowing, hey, if we win this game, we go to the Super Bowl. Like, I know you were trained to, hey, every game's the same, take it one week at a time. But this game is different than any other football game that you've played in in your life leading up to it. What's the preparation like for the week? What's the build up on a personal level getting ready to play such an important football game? Yeah, I mean, there's more excitement there's more anxiousness there's more nervousness there's more importance to the game you're probably going up against better players so there's a little bit of that built in as well and I think I'm not gonna say scale it back but you almost do try to treat it like other games from a mentality perspective so that you don't get uh, overly stressed out you don't start doing things that you wouldn't normally do in other situations and you try to perform at the same level you have the entire year and you take that extra energy, that excitement, that anxiety, and you try to bottle it and use it for good instead of use it for bad. And that's something that, you know, the first time or two you go through it, you have to learn how to do that. You got to figure out what works for you, what doesn't. It's kind of the clutch theory in sports is our guys clutch, are they not? You know, theoretically, if you're not able to perform in big situations, you probably would have been weeded out uh, in high school or in college or at some point before getting to the highest level of professional sports. But, you know, guys handle pressure differently. And so finding 
um, that thing that, you know, kind of makes it more normal for you throughout the week is great. For some guys, it's, I need to be more prepared. I need to watch a little more film. That makes me comfortable. And if I've, you know, seen every play 14 times instead of 11 times, you know, I'll feel a little better sleeping at night. And those guys watch more film. Some guys need to go home, not look at football at all, kind of turn it off. If you got a wife, kids, whatever it is, just have fun and, you know, do your thing. So everyone has their own rhythm. And I do think trying to treat it as normal as possible, but understanding the gravity of the situation and balancing those two. So earlier today, we did a draft where we only picked seafood items to, for Baltimore. You know, they're known for their seafood. So earlier today, Rob hit you up and said, you know, we're not going to have you do a draft. We just want your list, your five favorite seafood dishes slash items. Rob, hit our guy Mitch with a little bit of music here. I want your official list of these are my five favorite seafood dishes. I like the music. I'm a little disappointed it's not Rob singing. We haven't heard that in a while. <laughs> Me but, too. Uh, you know, he could give us a nice fish-related song. My first one's sushi. And, you know, if you want to go more specific, I'm a huge tuna fan. So, you know, spicy tuna rolls, spicy tuna hand rolls, whatever it is. I love California rolls as well. But I tend to stick mostly, if it's raw, towards, you know, tuna or types of tuna. So for me, it's it's got to be sushi. I feel like it's probably the most pure form of fish, too. So if you're doing a favorite fish or seafood dishes i mean that's you can't get any better than you know a beautiful piece of fish so when you and the lady go out and get sushi where do you go we've kind of been trying to figure that out on town it's a little bit difficult to find good sushi in the heart of the country makes sense um sushi house is not bad um we've been there a few times i've been to was it raw sushi over by 801 in leewood uh, i've been to aika or i don't know if i'm pronouncing that correctly grill um they do some good stuff so I, I try to go out a little bit. I mean, I think I've been to Blue Sushi. That's been good. A lot of good stuff. There's been nothing that's like completely blown me away, but that's also understandable given where we are. I, I do think if you go to the steakhouses, they tend to have the higher priced and maybe better quality fish. And so if you're getting, you know, a seafood appetizer or something raw from one of those places, um, that would be a way to go. Um, and, you know, I, I order way too much sushi <laughs> when I go anyway. So if you go to an expensive place, you tend to not want to order as much. So maybe uh, it limits the portions. But my second, I also like kind of flaky whitefish. So whether that's Branzino, uh, something of the sort, I think that prepared well. I mean, I love like lemon caper butter sauces, white wine sauce, stuff like that. But just like a really nice piece of whitefish, either grilled well or broiled well or whatever it is um and i like that flavor profile with it is too because the caper the acid the kind of cuts through it a bit next one i actually haven't had this in forever but i was thinking of what do i like seafood wise popcorn shrimp <laughs> i would have never guessed How good? That. i mean i love shrimp in general i don't like shrimp in fried rice that was you know something you mentioned earlier i'm not a big shrimp fried rice guy despite liking those two things individually but popcorn shrimp is to me probably the best fried fish you want to go to red lobster sometime i'm happy to take you to red lobster for the cheddar bay biscuits oh we can do that i would love that they red lobster that's a great experience um so yeah popcorn shrimp which is a random one but it's like you don't have it that often when you do i feel like it's like hot dogs you don't have it often it's like a very particular instance where you have it and you're like man why don't i do this more often because this is delicious um so the next one it would either be lobster roll or crab cake um because we're playing baltimore i'm gonna go with the lobster roll and uh 
I'm not a huge like lobster guy on its own. If it's in an appetizer or if it's in another dish, I don't think it's that great, but I have been to Maine and I have done some lobster roll tasting. And if you go there and you get it there and it's prepared the right way, it's absolutely delicious. And I do think it's a great seafood dish. And to round it out, another fried one. I do like fish and chips. I think... Uh, fish and chips? Yeah. I mean, again, fried fish, you're not going wrong. I, as you could probably tell, I like, you know, kind of flaky white fish. I do like salmon. I heard that was second in the draft. Way overdrafted. Terrible pick. Um, way overdrafted. But I think fish and chips is really good. And since, you know, you're kind of mentioning things along with dishes, surf and turf, I think that's a nice uh, dish to go with. But if you do go to Baltimore and you do get the true Baltimore blue crab crab cakes they are absolutely fantastic <laughs> they are definitely worth it i think every other crab cake kind of pales in comparison because those blue crabs so they're like a it's a sweeter texture there's only two pieces of lump crab on every single crab my brother and i were like filming a show out there and learned about it on every single crab there's only two pieces of lump crab meat so those massive crab cakes that you're getting um there's like 50 pieces in there. So you're eating like 25 crabs worth of, of lump crab meat. And so it's a really delicious, you know, uh, thing. It's just, I can't choose it for this week. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 